Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Powered by Coldwell Banker Ford McMurray. We love YMM. Monday. In the nation, somebody very famous, Gus the Tortoise. Beloved Gus the Tortoise of the Nova Scotia Museum of Natural History, which I have not been to, so I never had the chance to meet Gus. But a lot of people, and I mean a lot of people in Canada have. That's what happens when... The tortoise is turning 100. It's been around for a while, right? And they actually apparently used to let Gus just roam the Museum of Natural History freely, completely freely. Just, uh, you know, here's the keys, man. Lock up when you're done. But uh, I guess one time he went missing for a little while, gave people a little bit of a scare. So he's got himself kind of like an enclosure, though he's still space to move around, that's for sure. And at 100 and being a tortoise, he doesn't get very far very fast either so uh people celebrating it i love it uh very worthy of a, of a celebration and just even just a video if you want to watch for like two minutes this morning and enjoy enjoy this tortoise on the east coast the kids that are being asked about it they're like why is this a big celebration what is going on they're like uh gus gus is a tortoise and why are we celebrating gus's birthday because he's turning a hundred and i'm like don't interview the kids about Gus turning 100 because they think we're all 100 anyway. That number doesn't mean anything to a child. No, 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 no. No, show it to the adults. <laughs> show it to the 40-year-olds. Be like, he just turned 100. Be like, wow, should be so lucky to see the day. To get your brain fired up, to get your hackles rankled, um, I want to hear about one of the worst bosses that you've had to endure. Something ridiculous that you've had to deal with um, at work. You know, I don't want to trudge up anything that you maybe, uh, you know, need to deal with, uh, you know, on a, on a deeper level. Nothing like that. But I do mean, like, you know, something that really was just ridiculous. Worth telling the story of. And this is because, inspired by the crying CEO. Somebody who, you know, as a CEO of a company, you do have to make some tough choices. And, you know, they, they are humans. They are absolutely people. Not machines, not robots. And so it does hurt. Uh, but this guy is posting a video to LinkedIn crying about having to lay off some people. And... Well, it just didn't quite go so well because people were like, okay, so you've managed to make it about you when really the situation just isn't. It is tough. Granted, we'll admit, that sucks that you had to do that. It sucks way more for the people you had to do that to, though. So let's think about them. Maybe talk about how we could get them a new job since it was a laid-off situation, not like a firing with, with just cause. But what my question for you is, topic of the day, what is the most ridiculous thing you've seen a boss, you've had to endure while at work? What have they done? I want to know the story. 780-715-2789. Tell me about the most ridiculous thing you've seen a boss do. You're listening to the Steve Reed Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Diving into some Monday morning music headlines. Green Day at the forefront from uh, the beginning of the weekend, actually. Ten-year-old fan in San Francisco got to join them and jam out a little one called Montgomery. Uh, They were headlining their uh, Outside Lands Festival show. Uh, Three-day billing at this San Francisco event. And it was on the, the, the last Saturday the 6th of August, specifically, that they did 22 tracks uh, spanning their entire career. And at one point during this this incredible night for fans of the band, they also brought in a brand new fan, the latest generation, um, Montgomery, nicknamed Monty. I don't know exactly what he played. I mean, he played the guitar. I don't know what song, though, he played. Got to find a clip of that. But he jumped up there, jammed out with them, rocked out with them. They say, we love Montgomery. Super cute. 
And Rage Against the Machine, the reason that they're not performing right now has become clear. And as many people did suspect after some uh, recent, you know, footage of uh, the lead singer limping, you know, having leg injuries, in one case finishing a show while just kind of sitting on one of the monitors up on the, uh, the the stage, it looks like Zach De La Roca has torn his Achilles heel. And there's a photographer who is friend of the band who's on tour with them, Glenn Friedman posted to Instagram saying as much, saying that that Achilles heel has been torn and that is why the public service announcement tour has been co- sort of postponed. They've done a lot in North America, but they have more dates to come and they've had to say, no, not going to happen, at least not for now. Tuesday. I find it hilarious that TikTok has once again claimed that they've come up with something when really they've taken something that already exists and is very much aware to the previous generations, but they give it a new name, slap it on a bunch of regurgitated videos, and suddenly it's a TikTok trend, and this one's called Quiet Quitting. People are describing Quiet Quitting as being working, literally, I mean, I think that's just the definition, you're just describing working, but working with a genuine, uh, you know, uh, barrier between work and life that is healthy, as well as establishing a genuinely mutually beneficial work-life relationship with your employer, the industry, the organization, blah, 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 blah. Without getting taken advantage of and going above and beyond, without due, I do mean the word due compensation, right? Okay, this all sounds good on paper, except for the fact that it's not new, and why are you calling it quiet quitting? You might be quiet, but you're not quitting, you're just doing the work, and you're probably not staying quiet about it if you are sticking up for yourself, and beyond the point... We discussed this heavily. It was uh, absolutely a subject of the hilarious 1990s comedy... Office Space by Mike Judge, all right? We have been here. We have done this already a thousand times. Now, here's something else, Bob. I have eight different bosses right now. A big pardon? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. So that means that when I make a mistake, I have eight different people coming by to tell me about it. That's my only real motivation is not to be hassled. That and the fear of losing my job. But you know, Bob, that'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. In excess and in excess day, which is today, if you weren't aware, it is the celebration of four and a half decades, 45 years since their very first uh, performance in front of a live audience, right? Actually making the music happen in the room and that music going into the people's eardrums. August 16th, 1977, uh, the band was not named in excess. It was actually just the Ferris Brothers after members of the band. It was a house party in Sydney and it was actually something that was, uh, you know, a, a, a pinnacle, a time touchstone moment in their career, in their lives, and something that, uh, you know, helped them kick off into actually putting albums out and really chasing, pursuing this thing. The rest is history. If you are an NXS fan, you want to get in on some of the uh, live streams that are staggered throughout the day via their TikTok account, you might want to sign up as well. They're going to be reissuing on vinyl their very first uh, Shuba Shuba Deluxe uh, album. So it's coming. It's on the way. Rage Against the Machine also in the news because of raising $1 million for charity after a five Night New York residency. Uh, that's going to be going towards three different nonprofit organizations as well. This is on the heels of, of some money being raised in Canada for Canadian uh, institutions, Canadian organizations to help out. This money was raised by interestingly priced tickets. There was about 10% of the tickets to all of these shows in New York priced at charity pricing. Higher costs, but a lot of those costs went towards these charities and also served as a deterrent to scalpers, which is always a great thing. Wednesday. Great news for chili lovers and fans of The Office alike because Brian Baumgartner, a.k.a. Kevin, has put out a little special something. A very special something, in fact. We're talking about a brand new cookbook 
and one all about the chilies of the world. Uh, 177 different recipes are in this book, and uh, it's not quite available just yet. If you're interested, Seriously Good Chili is the title of it, and uh, there's a whole website, just add a .com to the end of it, and it's pre-order time, but available September 13th. You'll probably see it, you know, on stores, and definitely going to be a holiday gift item. Brian himself posted it saying, just in time for chili season to begin. Well, I don't know if we're quite there yet, but, you know, it will be close enough. Close enough. He did actually add a little bit of message of a message as well. He posted on Instagram to talk about this uh, amazing new delicious looking cookbook. Drum roll, please. It's not a drum. It's my mouth. My new cookbook. That's right. Seriously good chili cookbook. 177 of the best chili recipes in the world. <laughs> Delicious times ahead for those who buy the cookbook. I do love me a good chili. Uh, there's just a miss here. There's a serious missed opportunity, and I suspect it might have to do with maybe some licensing or something like that, because this is not an official release from the office. We just all know that scene where Kevin spills his chili and then says the classic line, which I think should be emblazoned in embossed gold across the cover of this cookbook. It's probably the thing I do best. That is what's got to be on the cover. But it's not. What's more important, really, is the chili recipes inside. And they look good. Way back in grade one, when you uh, planted a tree, you might not have because you might not have been in Alberta. But this is a thing that happens uh, just about every single year. The grade one students, they get a tree to plant that is all their own. And, you know, you learn about a lot of stuff. But also the goal, I think, is really to have something that's a bit of a touchstone as you get a little bit older into life. It can be a cool thing to go back to your past in that way, to understand that, that tree is like as old as you and things like that. But where is your tree? That can be kind of hard to remember if you didn't actually keep track. Now, it's not going to help you track where your tree is if you're not sure, but what's kind of cool is that there's this new website that is dedicated to tracking these trees. And if you know where yours is, you can put it in. It's uh, called <laughs> grade1tree.ca. Pretty easy. The number one as well, if you're curious about checking it out. Um, and, you know, if they could track it down for you, that would be fantastic. But you know what? Don't bother in my case. I'll tell you why it's not there anymore. That tree does not exist. Mine didn't last the summer. I planted it. Uh, even had the forethought back then to mark it with a big rock. I was like, this is important. we got to mark this thing. And, of course, a big rock to me at that age was a pebble to my parents. So... It got an early haircut with the lawnmower one day, and that was that. I was a little bit upset. A little bit upset as a child. And you know what? Even if that didn't happen, it still probably wouldn't even be around today. Because even the house that my tree was planted in the backyard of is gone as of uh, May 2016-ish. Yeah, I think about that. I think I've got the timeline right. <laughs> but if you still have your tree out there in the world... And you know where it is? Absolutely add it to the list. Once again, grade1tree.ca. You can count on me to give you some music news headlines. See what I did there? See what I did? Music news time for you. And on the top of the headlines, actually, we were just talking about how there is going to be uh, more acts added to the list when it comes to these huge tribute acts for Taylor Hawkins uh, in September in two different locations. Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, uh, he was on stage with Beck, actually, this week, last night in L.A. Uh, Beck headlining a charity gig at a small venue. Judd Apatow is the guy behind it, or one of, really, one 
one of the, 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 the driving forces, and it's all in support of an or- organization called Victims First, which is a network of victims surviving uh, mass casualty crime and the trusted supporters, you know, helping them out. So several dates and different events are planned for this. Beck was the headliner, but also there was some other huge names, huge to me. Tenacious D was there, Sarah Silverman, and a bunch more. Hey, Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. People getting in touch about our uh, our topic of the day, I guess. Uh, post-secret engagement ring, secret exposed. Basically, uh, somebody's saying that they found out that the stone on the engagement ring that they got was fake, but the husband doesn't know it was in his family, you know, an heirloom. Can't tell him because he'd feel awful now. I feel like everyone who knows anything about jewelry staring at this plastic rock and I have to wear it every day because it's my engagement ring. And I go, here's the world's smallest violin. I don't really care. And a lot of people kind of agreeing with, I'm kind of glad to see this. Carla Rae got in touch to say she absolutely did not want a diamond, and if he had proposed with a diamond ring, she would have questioned whether he really knew her at all. Um, Got an emerald ring instead, but she said it wouldn't have mattered. Anything would have been just fine. Anything besides a diamond would have been the dream ring. So, I mean, that works. Larry says, you know, nothing special or rare about a stone, but maybe the sentiment behind it absolutely is. See, that's just it. Is it the person, you know, uh, or the ring that you're getting married to? Tarina says, you can't tell. It's a ring, and who cares if it shines and no one's, uh, it's, then it's no one's business where it came from, right? Adrian's saying, it's not the value of the ring, but the sentiment. Also, stop caring what anybody else thinks. And that's my ultimate take here, is that they talk about how, oh, I can't tell my family. He'd be, he would feel so awful to find out that, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't think he'd really care. I think he'd probably care more about how obsessive the person who posted the secret is about its authenticity. But what do I know? You tell me, what would you react to in this situation? You know, if you were giving the ring, would it be uh, you know a, a horrible thing to find out that somewhere along the line in the family it was fake? Or if you were getting the ring, does it have to be a diamond? Or is that the deal breaker of your entire relationship? Austin Powers, back in the news again, because it does seem like maybe New Line Cinema is interested in a standalone Dr. Evil movie. Interesting. I find that extremely so. Extremely, extremely interesting, because, I mean, we, first of all, haven't heard much about that subject in a while. I take it with a grain of salt, though, because it's not an official release. It's just, you know, some uh, you know people that are associated saying that the raunchy comedy series is maybe due for a comeback. But people have asked Mike Myers himself. In fact, he was on an interview with Sirius XM and uh, was asked, oh, is there some credence to it? Is there truth? Will there be a fourth Austin Powers? Here is Mike Myers' expert response. I, uh... The, I can neither confirm nor deny the existence or non-existence of such a project should it exist or not exist. Um, uh, you know, we're, you know. So you've heard it here first, folks. Confirm- confirmation, uh, but not really confirmation. Will it happen? We don't know. But that does seem interesting. His reaction is not an outright like, oh, I haven't heard about anything. I don't know. Nothing that I've heard about. He does seem like he's secretly hiding something. And these are the things that can happen. Maybe they don't. Even when conversations happen behind closed doors, the movie might never actually see the light of day. But I am interested. I would love it. I love those series. But the question that's truly, truly needing to be asked right now is, do we actually collectively want a fourth Austin Powers movie, and I think the group answer is, uh, you know, we're, you know, Thursday. This is a little bit silly. Kmart is releasing a little 
vlogger toy kit. Baby's first vlog equipment uh, for social media influencers who are, you know, can't pay taxes yet. Um, <laughs> it comes with like a camera toy. It doesn't really work, but you know, shaped like a camera, obviously. There's a selfie stick as well as a phone on a stand, tripod style with a ring light around it. And again, I don't know if anything even lights up. It's all just kind of in the image of the equipment that, uh, you know, mom or dad might be using. And uh, that's funny because I do have kind of a soft spot in my heart. I'm like, hey, but the people that you might see out there in the world who are just using uh, uh, a, a tripod in their phone to record something weird, they might not just be crazy TikTokers and influencers, right? Like, because I've had to do that every once in a while. And I feel like I'm, I feel like people are seeing me and they're like, I just spotted one. I saw one in the wild. <laughs> so some people, you know, and, and even if you're trying to earn your money that way, whatever, as long you're getting your paper great good for you but to turn it into a kid's toy feels a little bit weird you know what i mean pretty soon they're gonna be starting uh, to sell baby's first only cribs accounts and uh the tiny t podcast toy kit complete with an intro jingle that is six minutes too long by the way and a trucker hat kid sized of course well there's nothing like zellers is there and it's back again. Uh, sort of, sort of. Uh, you've surely seen some of the buzz about this. And this was announced way back in the day. I mean, uh, Zellers did kind of close down across the country, and then a little bit later said, Oh, don't worry, Zellers isn't gone, gone. There's plans in the work, and those plans are held by Hudson's Bay Company. And that's just it. It's basically there's going to be now a Zellers section of Hudson's Bay in the department. A sort of. But honestly, you know, call me when the cafeteria is back, alright, with every single item that you can order on the menu also available on the shelves and in freezers literally surrounding the seating area. It felt like once you sat down, you cast your, your, your order, place your order, try to leave again and it's like they've built up a wall <laughs> of different items that you can buy that you need to wade through and then pass by a cashier who's judging you if you don't buy anything extra, you know? That's what I remember anyway, my memory might be fading, but uh, literally, literally surrounding the seating area. Like, you know those onion rings? You were a fan? Hey, how about taking home a bag of 9,000 of them for $4.95? No joke, I am dating myself by saying food used to be cheaper! But seriously, that lowest price is the law menu kept me alive when I was a starving student. Bring it back, okay? Bring it back, please. We need it. Although at the same time, every time I do talk about Zellers, I kind of feel like that scene from The Simpsons. Hey, everybody! An old man's talking! <laughs> Grandpa's the name! Did you know this tree dates back to frontier times? <laughs> Did you know we used to have a Zellers in town? Thanks for listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast from 100.5 Cruise FM. Billy Idol has got some brand new music not coming out, but out. He is uh, going to be very soon releasing the rest of a four-song EP through Dark Horse. September 23rd is the date. Of course, pre-order is already available. Following up last year's EP, The Roadside, this one called The Cage and dropping the The, the single that has just come out with a music video and everything, is simply called Cage by Billy Idol. Here's a taste. <laughs> Billy Idol, and he does promise this entire EP is way more hard rocking than the last one. He said that it was just a warm up, and this one is coming at you. Mark Hoppus is hinting that maybe new Blink 182 with the original trilogy, uh, trio rather, is coming out. Oh, again, very close to the chests, very tight lipped on this. Simply just saying that they did have a meeting. The three of them were in the same room for the first time in like five years back in 2021, and that was just before Mark Hoppus actually began 
his chemotherapy treatment to uh, to combat lymphoma. And now in 2022, he's saying they're in a great place, a really great place. In fact, he says a better place than they used to be. No agenda, no lingering grudges. Back to what it should be. Three friends sitting in a room. But we still don't know. Neither does the replacement guy <laughs> who actually consists of the lineup of Blink-182 in 2022. We don't know. But maybe we'll find out soon. So we missed a huge anniversary. We did, collectively. Now, I was only put onto this because of reading about Miller High Life and the dive bar ice cream that they have teamed up with a, uh, another uh, ice cream producer to make to commemorate 100 years of ice cream bars. And yeah, it is meant to like kind of emulate the experience of a dive bar. So they literally have tobacco smoke in there infused into it, the flavor at least. Some caramel, some dark chocolate dip, uh, peanut swirl as well to mimic the shells that are found on the floor of the bar. Delicious stuff. Sign me up actually does sound delicious. Uh, it could be anyway, but when I did some digging, I found out that this may not be true, this hundred years of the ice cream bar. It was defined as either a frozen dessert on a stick or a candy bar that has ice cream in it, usually covered in a thin layer of chocolate. In 1922, a pharmacy owner named Nelson was inspired by a boy who could not decide between getting candy or getting ice cream. We've all been there. Why should the child have to choose? He asked himself, probably. I don't know for sure, uh, but he was awarded a patent for the treat, which he uh, he gave a needlessly racially associated name. After a while, they did become known as ice cream bars or Eddie bars, but they were known as something worse. Uh, but his patent actually was invalidated in 1928 because it was discovered that Harry Burt at the Good Humor Ice Cream Company invented ice cream on a stick in 1920. So we missed the centennial on ice cream bars, and I will now consume precisely 102 ice cream bars to make up for this transgression. Friday. Have you ever had something shocking come out of a secondhand item? You know, buy a dresser, there's something still in one of the drawers. Buy a jacket, there's a 20 inside from 1983. Yeah, those are awesome. Not so shocking. What about dead bodies? <laughs> I know, this is not a very up subject for the morning, but this is crazy. In New Zealand, a family bought a trailer load of items, like basically one of those auctions of a an abandoned storage facility. So they said, yeah, they won the auction, they got a trailer of stuff that was brought to their place, and they were going to go through it until the smell demolished their nostrils. And they're going, wait, no, something's wrong here. And they actually called the authorities, called the New Zealand police before they opened it up. And they just found out, yeah, there are human remains within suitcases. Plural. Plural. How did no one, you know, smell the luggage itself? How did it not smell bad enough that anyone noticed a rotting ex-person inside? And there are several sets of remains? What? How did they load this onto the trailer? That's what the family is asking. They're saying, how did they load this onto the trailer from the storage site and bring it to us without noticing, right? What is one of the most shocking things you found in a second-hand find? I doubt it was this gross. And the police have ruled out the family who purchased the items as being implicated. What a perfect way to cover your crimes. Okay, I don't think that's what happened. I think this is just gross. Time for your music news headlines. Motley Crue at the center of, of a, a news reel, a news cycle, because of an injury that was sustained by a fan in the stands, falling from an upper level of the stadium at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So specifically... Uh, this uh, this concert goer on Tuesday night of this week stumbled over the railing approximately 30 minutes into the Motley Crue set. The uh, police found that he was intoxicated and was injured, but transported in stable condition to a nearby hospital, where he was uh, you know found awake, 
breathing and suffering from his injuries, but looks like he's going to be okay. And while it's not re- listed in the report, I do have a suspicion that perhaps it's one of those cases, those situations where because he was inebriated, the fall wasn't as bad as it could have been because it kept him loose. But I don't know. Point is, he does seem like he's going to be okay. Sadly, we do have a death to talk about. At least we think uh, Goodbye Horses musician Q Lazarus, aged 61. Um, that track, of course, most famously used in Silence of the Lambs and then in parodies thereafter. But also, you know, a contributor to so much more in the music world. Uh, obituary was posted on a website of the Jackson Funeral Home in New Jersey. But uh, beyond that, no details. Kind of strange. I feel like they're stalking me. The ice cream truck been following me around. I feel, and I know that, you know, I think you can like text them and they'll even come to where you are. It's like on demand. That's amazing. That is a power that we should not have. No one human should own such power. But uh, it's great, uh, although I do hear the jingle just about, I feel, I, f- I feel like, everywhere I go. Including to the point where, I mean, this didn't happen yesterday because there was just, in the heat, no way that I was going to be do- working out. There's just, it was not possible. It was just too hot, even with the AC trying to fight against it in my apartment. Ugh, I was sweating it already. wasn't happening. I'm like, I got my workout. The sweat's coming out of me. That counts, right? But no, uh, we uh, have done a couple workouts at home, me and my significant other, over the summer of late, you know, trying to stay in shape, trying to fight off all those ice cream truck visits. But you know what happens just about every single time? Is that as soon as we're done and we're just about to relax, and I'm like, let's get the fan going full blast to cool us down, suddenly I hear through the window the dulcet tones of the ice cream truck just right outside. And I'm like, did you know? Were you stalking me? Yeah, I'll take two. Transmission over. Want more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.